this is the Top of the Mountain Podcast with Jimmy Pilato, your home for RMAC weekly updates on D2Football.com. Now, here is your host, Jimmy Pilato. Good morning, happy Friday, football fans. This is the Top of the Mountain Podcast. My name is Jimmy Pilato. I will be your host. And we continue on into the NCAA Division II football playoffs with Colorado School of Mines. Plenty to talk about with them, uh, both in their victory last weekend over Bemidji State, as well as their game upcoming this weekend against Angelo State in the quarterfinals. Before we get into all that, just need to remind you guys, this is the Top of the Mountain Podcast. You can listen to new episodes every Friday morning, both on D2Football.com, as well as all your other major podcasting platforms. Uh, and we are going to be continuing on throughout the playoffs. We'll have one final season wrap-up episode at the end. We've been going since about week two of the RMAC football season, and we've had a lot of fun going so far. Uh, you can read my new columns on Thursdays on D2Football.com during the RMAC season. I'll be back next year as well. Same deal. I'll be continuing to go forward as long as Colorado School of Mines is in it. And then once the season is over, we'll have one final wrap-up. Then I'll get to take a break because I have uh, some PA announcing to do for Arvada West High School girls basketball. So if you do live in Colorado and you're a fan of the Arvada West Wildcats, come out to the home games. I'll be the voice in the gym, uh, and, and I'm looking forward to doing that. Follow uh, at FEOTB Pod and at Dago Express. At FEOTB Pod is my podcast, The Far End of the Bench. New episodes every Wednesday with my good friend Nico Bryant, who is my co-host for that show. We talk about all sorts of things all related to sports. We have our Pick'em shows. We have some exclusive YouTube series as well, so be sure to follow and then subscribe to the far end of the bench on YouTube. And then the Dago Express, my uh, every other Tuesday podcast that I do with my brother Nick, uh, we just kind of sit down and talk. Uh, we enjoy getting together every now and then since he's up at school and, and I'm down still in the metro area uh, working, recording podcasts, writing columns, all that good stuff. That's all the business, so now we can go ahead and turn our attentions to what happened last weekend on the field in Golden, Colorado. I will be honest, I if you listened to last week's episode, you know I was a little bit apprehensive about how this game was going to go moving forward. Uh, on, I wasn't sure how the bye week was going to affect Colorado Mines, if it was going to hurt them or help them, and it really didn't end up mattering. But Colorado Mines gets the big victory, 55-6 to over a team who beat one of the national championship contenders the week before and beat them fairly handedly at their own home stadium. Bemidji came in to Golden and had absolutely nothing to give the ore diggers. We'll go over the scoring summary now. In the first quarter, uh, John Makata started things off with a four-yard touchdown run. No point after touchdown, so that made the score 6 nothing, and it would uh, affect how the rest of the scoring would go through the rest of the game. The ore diggers never thought to make up those points. Uh, but that drive... Three plays, 13 yards off of one of the four interceptions thrown by quarterback Brandon Alt for the Beavers. Uh, we I talked about it a little bit last week going into the game as well. Brandon Alt being just a sophomore hasn't necessarily had the playoff experience, and it really showed last Saturday. Then the next score, we had Max McClode, who would catch the first of his two touchdown passes on the day, 26 yards from John Makata, 13 nothing. The was the Colorado School of Mines lead at that point. That drive seven plays, 74 yards. And then things got quiet. It was a defensive struggle. The ore diggers never really, they kept the foot on the gas pedal, always 
trying to press the action, but you know Bemidji State did have a decent defense. They were able to shut down one of some of the better offenses in their NSIC conference. Then we have in the third quarter, Michael Zimmon gets in on the action, one yard touchdown run for him, makes the score twenty to nothing. Ten plays, seventy-five yards on that drive, coming out of the halftime break, and they got the second half kickoff and just drove the length of the field, pretty much announcing to the Beavers and to everybody else watching at home in the stadium that this was how the rest of the game was going to go. They were going to march down the field, handle their business. They weren't going to have to worry about whether or not they're going to be uh, taking this team lightly. So that's at that point, 20 to nothing was the score. Then Max McClode catches his second touchdown. This one, a 65-yard catch and run uh, from Makata, 27 nothing. The score at that point, that drive, four plays, 87 yards. Mines offense started to get rolling after that. Zemin would follow that up with a 14-yard touchdown. This one also off a turnover. That drive was just two plays and 18 yards. But at this point, uh, late in the third quarter, it's 34-0. to zero. Bemidji State would return the ensuing kickoff. Hamid Oyadele, an 80-yard kickoff return, the only points for Bemidji State on the day. This was an offense that was coming in averaging 39 points per game, and Colorado School of Mines held them to zero offensive touchdowns and just the one kick return touchdown. After that, Josh Johnston, his 48-yard touchdown catch, would cap off a one-play 48-yard drive for Colorado School of Mines, 41-6 the score at that point. And finally, right at the end of the quarter, Zimmon had a 28-yard touchdown run, another interception uh, that the Ore Diggers capitalized on, 48-6. to The score at that point, two plays, 30 yards for that last drive. And the final score of the game, Evan Foster caught a 17-yard touchdown pass to give Makata three on the day. And that capped off a nine-play, 60-yard drive to make the final score of 55-6. to uh, not a lot to say about this game. It was thorough domination throughout. From the moment the Ore Diggers left the locker room at Marv K Stadium, they were ready to go. And Bemidji State, I think, was expecting a little bit of a lackadaisical performance like what they saw the week before against Augustana in the first quarter. And that just wasn't going to be what was happening. Uh, it took 15 minutes for Colorado School of Mines offense to find the end zone. But once they did, they never forgot where it was. And the, the big stars, the big thing about this game, the big stars on the offensive side of the ball played really well. And we'll talk about them a little bit later uh, in my three stars for this game in, in the playoffs. But uh, this was a huge performance. It was big on both sides of the ball. That defense is stingy. People forgot about that defense after they went to overtime with Western Colorado and then lost to Colorado Mesa. That defense was what was keeping them in a lot of games and winning them a lot of games early on in the season. I'd say that defense had a big part to play in the comeback that we saw down at West Texas A&M earlier on this year too. And again, I said it last week when we were talking about Western Colorado, when you don't play good national competition in your out-of-conference games, you don't have the experience to be able to overcome things like that. And the NSIC plays zero out-of-conference games. Western Colorado played two lower-level teams. And then Colorado School of Mines played Central Washington, who we know wasn't a great school. But West Texas A&M is a powerhouse program, and it was a hostile environment. They decided to go make the trip to Texas and play out there, and it's paid off for them. I think that had a lot to do with what we saw the War Diggers do on Saturday. Stats-wise, as a team, Colorado School of Mines 167 yards rushing to Bemidji's 36. Passing, Makata finished the day with 372 yards. Bemidji, Brandon Alt, 274 yards. Not a bad day, but four interceptions. Really took his team out of it early. And then total yardage, Colorado School of Mines, 539. Bemidji, 
only 310. That's normally what they average passing the ball throughout the whole entire season, and Colorado School of Mines absolutely shut them down. Mines was also 9 of 17 on third downs and 4 of 4 in the red zone. Every situation that you can think of, Colorado School of Mines, outside of the one kickoff return, executed and did everything that they needed to in order to make the, make sure that they, they got the victory. And that's what we were expecting from this team throughout. They said it earlier on in the season, talking to one of the local stations in Colorado, this was not a season where they just wanted to win an RMAC championship. This was a season where they believed they would win an RMAC championship and that would be a step on the road to winning a national title. And they've done that first step. This is now the farthest any Colorado School of Mines program has gone in the NCAA playoffs, the quarterfinal round, and uh, we'll talk about the three stars that led them there now. First star of the day, John Makata, the quarterback, 25 of 34, 348 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions. The magic man is alive and well once again. Took him a little bit to get back going after the season off, but after that slow start, he's really picked things up, and he's a huge reason they're on this winning streak following that Colorado Mesa loss. Michael Zimmon, 22 rushing attempts, 95 yards, three touchdowns. If you have a workhorse like Zimmon in the background, backfield, you can pretty much do what you want. It went a long way to the nearly 40 minutes of possession time that Colorado School of Mines finished the game with as well. And then Max McClode gets the third star of the day for his two set receptions. Only two catches, but he had 91 yards and two touchdowns. So the two receptions that he did get, he made sure that they counted uh, like I said, congratulations to all those guys on that team. I do have a couple friends that I played with, uh, or at least one that I know is still playing, Gabe Quartz, the captain, senior middle linebacker on that defense. Uh, very fired up for him. I wish them nothing but the best moving forward. We'll talk a little bit more about their matchup coming up against Angelo State. But now, speaking of Angelo State, let's go ahead. We'll get into the break, and when we come back, we'll break down their second-round matchup against Nebraska Kearney, the team who eliminated Western Colorado. On the other side of this break, we'll hear from my bookie, our sponsor of the Far End of the Bench podcast, best betting site to use. Let's go ahead and get into the break with my bookie. Everybody is trying to cash in on the best crypto, but if you want a guaranteed way to double your money, all you need to do is use promo code Bench at mybookie.ag. It's simple. Sign up at mybookie.ag with promo code Bench B E N C H, and your first deposit is immediately doubled, all the way up to a thousand dollars. How's that for a quick turnaround on your investment? With the NFL playoffs race heating up and college bowl season right around the corner, double your firepower at mybookie.ag. Get in on the action in the most important games of the season. Like we mentioned, we'll have our bowl extravaganza coming up, so be sure to bet with mybookie when that happens. Build your own props, create multi-game parlays like I do every single week, and take part in a host of mybookie cash prize contests. This is the best time of the year to both watch and more importantly, bet on sports because you know who the winners are by now. Don't miss out. Double your first deposit by using promo code BENCH, that's B-E-N-C-H, BENCH, and keep your eyes peeled for more exclusive holiday promotions coming soon at mybookie.ag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie. Welcome back into the Top of the Mountain podcast. Thank you guys for listening to that message from the sponsor of the Fire Into the Bench, MyBookie. Sign up today, MyBookie.ag. Use promo code BENCH, and you'll automatically double your first deposit up to $1,000 so you can start getting in on the winnings. Championship weekend's coming up for Division One this weekend, and then we also the FCS playoffs are getting into their second round 
uh, possibly even, you know, they're one week behind Division Two. So the FCS get in the second round. I don't know if you can bet on Division Two football. I don't know if my bookie has that available. Maybe we should mention that to them from the far end of the bench. But hey, uh, anyways, let's go ahead. We'll talk about the number two seed Angelo State Rams out of the Lone Star Conference in Texas, 11 and two on the season. Nebraska Kearney was their opponent after beating Western Colorado in the first round of the playoffs. We saw them, uh, obviously, with their great quarterback, T.J. Davis, who pretty much single-handedly won that game for the Lopers in Gunnison, Colorado, making it just a little bit too much to overcome late. Uh, but Angelo, we, we also remember them from Week 2, uh, coming back from a 17-point deficit in the last quarter and a half against the Shadron State Eagles. So they have been very highly touted throughout the season. They've been in the top 25 the entire season but they have shown chinks in their armor. So let's get into this game. We'll start with the scoring summary. Not nearly as much points, as many points scored, as in the Colorado School of Mines game. Angelo State won this game 20-7 over the Nebraska Kearney Lopers. Things got started in the second quarter after a scoreless first once again. Uh, Angelo State, Alfred Greer, a 63-yard touchdown run to cap off a three-play 79-yard drive, giving the Rams a 7-0 lead. Another point, more points in the second quarter, two more field goals, one of 24 yards and 45 yards from Asa Fuller, making the score 13-0 going into halftime. And the final touchdown for the Rams scored by Dagan Dunham, a five-yard touchdown catch from quarterback Zach Bronghorst, uh, who had a surprisingly not very, not very good game. We'll maybe talk about that a little bit uh, going into the actual breakdown from Colorado School of Mines against Angelo State. But anyways, he did have that one touchdown pass, making the score 20 to nothing uh, late in the third quarter. Nine play, 75-yard drive coming out of halftime for the Rams. And then Carney, uh, another touchdown from Dayton Seeley, who now has three in this playoff run for the Lopers. They were able to score in the third quarter, but the, unfortunately, those were the only points they were able to muster, making the final score 20 to seven. That last drive for Nebraska Carney, four plays, 39 yards. Uh, Team-wise, team stat-wise. Angelo State, 252 yards rushing, dominated the ground game, controlled the line of scrimmage the entire time. Nebraska Kearney, only 117. They averaged over 220 on the season. T.J. Davis alone averaged about 100 yards on the ground uh, and a couple touchdowns rushing in each game. Passing-wise, uh, Angelo State, 172 yards, one interception. Kearney, only 86. Uh, Adam State, or Angelo State, excuse me, total yardage, 424 on the day, Nebraska Kearney, 203 total yards of offense. The defense for Angelo State held T.J. Davis to a combined 100-yard total and held him out of the end zone the entire time. We saw him score three separate touchdowns plus throw a touchdown pass against Western Colorado. And this Angelo State defense was up to the task, able to shut down one of the best players in the MIAA conference in general and also one of the best players in Division Two and a, team, a guy that we saw go through one of the better defenses in the RMAC throughout the whole season in Western Colorado. I was expecting Carney to go on after the momentum. You know, maybe the, the ending of that game that we talked about where the snap infraction was the final play, maybe that did have a little bit to do with the way this game went. Carney did seem a little bit disinterested at first, and it really hurt them because Angelo State was that talented. They were able to build up a big enough lead. It didn't matter that neither team scored in the fourth quarter. Uh, it was an impressive thing to see for Angelo State and it does bode to maybe this game being a lot closer than the two their two previous matchups speaking of Colorado Mines and Angelo State uh, and I do think that Angelo State if you take them if you think that 
you know, they're not this great powerhouse from the Lone Star Conference. They're not Texas A&M Kingsville of 2017 that didn't lose a game. Uh, you're going to be surprised by them because they have the talent to be able to play with anybody in the country and to outplay anybody in the country as well. And that's where we find ourselves when they come into this game against the Colorado School of Mines or Diggers. Real quickly, the two stars of the game that I found for Angelo State, not that many points, so not that many stars, and only one, actually, one star on offense here. Uh, just got to get in my notes. Alfred Greer, 16 rushing attempts, 155 yards rushing, and a touchdown. Then on defense, Darren Allman, five tackles and two and a half sacks to uh, help lead the Rams over the Nebraska Kearney Lopers. This is going to be a totally different feel, a totally different environment. A lot of the quarterfinal matchups that we're seeing are the one versus two seeds in each section of the region. Uh, obviously, the Colorado Mines being the number one seed. Angela State sitting right behind them at number two, which means they finished second in Super Region 4. Uh, very, very talented team. Like I said, 11-2 on the season. They didn't lose many games, and the games that they did lose, they were in all the way. They never get blown out. So Colorado School of Mines, great victory on Saturday, but I'm sure uh, they, they know exactly what they're in for this, this coming weekend because we're about to talk about it here after we hear another break from far end of the bench talking about their YouTube channel. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to talk about this one. This gonna, looks like it's going to be a knockdown drag out in both defenses. It's going to come down to which defense is able to execute and which defense is able to shut down the opposing offense better. That's coming up here on the other side of this break here on the Top of the Mountain Podcast. Benchwarmers, we wanted to take the time out and uh, let you know how proud we are of what we've been able to accomplish in the past year on this platform we call YouTube. I don't think, uh, if you would have asked me when Nico and I first met and kind of birthed this idea of a podcast uh, when we were playing youth football, I don't know if we really thought we were going to be on YouTube all that much. And it's been ups and downs. There's been technical difficulties. Sometimes the video doesn't always upload correctly. A bunch of Zoom calls, too. Yeah, Zoom calls. I've wanted to pull my hair out, but we've gotten through it all. I think that we're starting to hit our stride there. We have 56 subscribers so far in the year. And I'm very proud of that number. We have a lot of dedicated viewers that watch every single week. And it's been a cool kind of area between that and our Twitter to where we've been able to grow both platforms uh, up to this point. So now uh, let's take some time. Nico, what are some of the new things that they can check out on the YouTube channel? And uh, we'll uh, also plug where they can find that and everything if they don't already know. Of course, yeah, we have that. We have exclusive content. Like I said, the NCAA top 10 every week. I'm going to tell you right now, my rankings will be a lot worse than Jimmy. So Jimmy knows a lot more about college football than I do. So, but you can go check those video, videos out weekly. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good ones. Um, um, you can be sure to comment down below too. That's another thing that helps us out. Comment below if you think I'm an, I have an idiot take that Jimmy is an idiot for whatever reason. Like a lot of those things as well, and, and also things that have been going since week one on YouTube. Where's the center of attention? You, you, you'll see one week it'll be me, one week it'll be Jimmy, or which switch off one another. Every single week we allow one of us to, to pick whatever we want to talk about and just circle in on one person and have that be it for the week. So you'll always be able to see that video no matter what. 
obviously like there's going to be abs there's going to be nuggets content there may be some ira like we said there's a Bengals broncos game in december you'll have, we, i don't know if we're gonna be able to vlog it because we're not vloggers <laughs> but you'll see videos you'll see clips from that game obviously for sure then jimmy and i will be going to be nuggets games so a lot of abs games all that good stuff so we may we may throw some clips up there here now and then but you never know what you're gonna get but we'll all, we'll be posting constantly either three or four videos a week i'm not really sure jimmy does all that good stuff for me but whatever it may be check like and comment on every single one you find engage as much as you can we have our interviews on there as well plus i have everything split out into playlists with our factor cap segments that we do in the summers our how it should have sounded we have a gable stevenson one that's been going pretty viral since we put it out it's almost up to 100 views so far hezbollah we talked about him over the summer and that ended up being one of our higher rated viewer videos so you know we have all this content coming out we'll have more in real life stuff coming up as well like nico said subscribe to the far end of the bench on youtube leave a like and a comment also ring that notification bell so you never miss out on a new video and we'll be happy you guys can come see us over on our YouTube channel at the far end of the bench. This is the Top of the Mountain Podcast with Jimmy Pilato, your home for RMAC weekly updates on D2Football.com. Now, here is your host, Jimmy Pilato. Welcome back to the final segment of this week's episode of the Top of the Mountain Podcast. My name is Jimmy Pilato. I am your host. Uh, I'm also the columnist for D2Football.com as well as the co-host of the Far End of the Bench and the Dago Express at FEOTB Pod for the Far End of the Bench. New episodes of that show come out every Wednesday with my good friend and co-host Nico Bryant. We talk about everything in the world of sports each and every week. And then the Dago Express podcast that I do with my brother Nick every other Tuesday that's just a random we we get together and have a conversation and, and just get get caught up since he's uh, back at school and, and I'm living still at home doing working and, and doing the podcasts and writing columns for you guys so uh, let's talk about this number one versus two seed in the super region four section of the NCAA division two bracket uh, obviously, I mentioned there's a lot of powerhouses still left. It's pretty much one versus two or one versus three in every other region this season. So it's a lot of chalk, a lot of the teams we expected to be here. Angelo State, I will be honest, after that showing against Shadron, I never really watched them again up until this last weekend, taking on a team like University of Nebraska Kearney, who was led by their offense. We said it. Their defense has normally just been good enough that T.J. Davis is able to outscore their opponents. Angelo State was able to shut down that strength of their team, the offense, and they could very well do the same thing to Colorado School of Mines. Colorado School of Mines' offense has been held down points-wise, both against Western Colorado and Colorado Mesa. Uh, Two very good defenses, especially Western Colorado. They had one of the best seasons, also boasting now the uh, Super Region 4 Defensive Player of the Year, nose guard Will Lytle. Big shout-out for Will Lytle out there in Gunnison. Uh, if you're listening or if your dad's listening, I know that he's he's been mentioning that he's heard a couple of the episodes. Other than those times, Colorado Mines has been able to be at least somewhat consistent on offense. Michael Zimmon has been a big part of that. Makata, as I mentioned, struggled earlier on in the season, but has kind of started to find his footing, especially this past weekend, 340-plus yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. You're going to be hoping for a repeat performance from all of your big stars. And if your receivers can step up like they did last week, Max McClode, two receptions, 91 yards, two touchdowns, that's going to be even bigger. 
don't expect anything like that. Expect to go on these big, long drives like you did coming out of the halftime break, and you'll be fine. You'll be able to weather whatever storm Angelo State's going to bring at you. I assume coming from Texas, especially going to Golden, Colorado, Cole Campbell, the guest that we had on a couple weeks ago to talk about Bemidji State versus Augustana, mentioned it. Flatlanders going up to Colorado, even if it's just Golden, Colorado, that's a hell of a difference. And that was talking about teams from South Dakota who have actual mountain ranges. This is a team from Texas, in the middle of Texas, and they're going to have to come up to elevation and play against a Colorado School of Mines team that has no problem handing the ball off to Michael Zeman 30 times or who have John Maka to run 15 times and just wear you guys out until the fourth quarter rolls around. You have no air left in your gas tank at all, and they're looking up at you and score three or four touchdowns in the third quarter. This is exactly what this Colorado School of Mines team should be looking to do. It's exactly what they are capable of doing. I don't see anything that's going to tell me Colorado School of Mines is going to have a tr- a loss to Angelo State. Obviously, anything can happen any given week. I'm knocking on all the wood that I can right now not to jinx it, but I see Colorado School of Mines being able to compete with anybody in the top four of the country. Do I see them beating anybody in that top four with the West Alabamas, the Valdostas, those schools, maybe not necessarily. They they could surprise people, but they should be into at least the semifinal round and possibly be in a contention to play for a Division II national championship. That's what I'm hoping for. I want to have friends that I've played with, guys that I know have put in a lot of work for that program to make this the most successful season in program history. I'd like to see them have the success that they all deserve. Obviously, it's a lot of work, a lot of sacrifice. Playing football this deep into the year, you give up your Thanksgiving break, you give up portions of your Christmas break, and everybody doesn't realize this. After you win the national championship, you'll go home for a couple days and you'll have to come back and start winter workouts and start getting ready for the 2022 season if you're not graduating this year. And a lot of the Colorado School of Mines kids take some time to graduate. And with the extra year of COVID eligibility, who knows what next year's roster is going to look like. But for now, very proud of the Colorado School of Mines program. It's a historical season. They're representing Colorado college football the right way. And this could be a huge step, beating a team like Angelo State. People know about Angelo State, even though they're Division Two. You can knock off a program like that, get yourself into the semifinals. Uh, it feels very eerily similar to 2014 when we saw what CSU Pueblo did at the end of that season. So very excited to see what happens in this matchup. My, my dad and my sister will be at the game, so I'll have live analysis coming from them. Unfortunately, I'm not able to make it out this weekend. Uh, hopefully, we get that semifinal matchup. We'll ha- be able to watch those on TV, ESPN+, and I'll have more in-depth analysis afterwards. We, uh, obviously, we're going to have at least one more episode before we have our season-long wrap-up. Hopefully, we're not talking about uh, the end of the RMAC season coming up this coming week, and we'll have more Top of the Mountains as well as columns on D2Football.com coming your way. That's going to bring us to the end of this week's edition of the Top of the Mountain Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. It's an exciting time, and I know it's a busy time for everybody, so I appreciate you taking about a half hour out of your day to listen to me talk about college football and the RMAC and the teams playing in the NCAA Division II playoffs. I've had a lot of fun, like I mentioned, doing this show. One more time, follow at FEOTB Pod, the far end of the bench. Every Wednesday, new episodes come out with YouTube videos sprinkled throughout the rest of the week. So be sure to follow us on your favorite podcasting platform on social media at FEOTB pod, and then subscribe to our YouTube channel over at the far end of the bench. So you can keep up with everything over there. We talk about everything in the world of sports. And then if you just want a fun 
conversation every other Tuesday at Dago Express, my podcast that I do with my brother Nick. It's a fun time. It's a cool, laid-back conversation. We have a lot of laughs. We make a lot of jokes, and uh, we have a fun time on that show. So check out those other podcasts, especially once this show ends for the season. We'll be back for 2022. We still have more coming in 2021. It's been a lot of fun. I wish you guys a happy and safe weekend. Enjoy your quarterfinal Saturday in the NCAA Division II bracket, your championship Saturday for the FBS level. And if you're an FCS fan, enjoy the second round of the playoffs. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of great football to happen. So enjoy, everybody. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time. Sports.